here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to give you a brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I got a little Ric Flair in me today. I am Andrew for America. And people, I got a lot I want to talk about. I got a lot of music I want to play for you today. Today's going to be a fun show. I'm not really in a linear, uh, have my show super produced and uh, lined up in a certain specific order. Today I'm just going to go abstract. We're going to have some fun. We're going to party a little bit today here on the show. There's a lot of cause for celebration. And one of the things I want to talk about that I think is cause for celebration is <laughs> Don Lemon fired from CNN. <laughs> uh, I just saw a video of an African-American man that posted a video on YouTube, and this guy was awesome. African-American man posted a video of Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon talking to each other live on the air. And this is the famous Don Lemon saying that the biggest terror threat in the United States right now is uh, white men radicalized to the right. And Chris Cuomo's trying to like, <laughs> trying to rationalize it. He's like, oh yeah, 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 We're, I'm going to talk about that at the end of the show today, but you're making the right point, you're making the right point. And the caption on this video says, if Don Lemon gets fired from CNN, this is going to be why. And this video was posted by an African-American man. So, I love it. Thank you, uh, African-American men, who are smart enough and reasonable and rational enough to listen to the words that came out of Don Lemon's mouth during that clip and say to yourself, wow, dude, that's fucking racist. <laughs> You're calling for Nazi fascism upon white men radicalized to the right. I mean, <laughs> are you really that fucking crazy, Don Lemon? Are you really that stupid? Or is it a combination of crazy and stupid? Do you need to see a therapist? What is your deal, dude? I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. You went a little too far. And you lost your fucking job because of it. And you know what? Good riddance to bad rubbish. I love it. Poetic justice. And not too long after that happened, the gods graced me with another gift. Chris Cuomo. <laughs> Fredo. <laughs> Fredo's gone too. Bye, Fredo. Your uh, sick, sadistic, creepy AF, dual nipple-pierced, megalomaniac, demagogue brother of yours gets a little handsy with the ladies. A lot of you big club dudes, you know, it's like a big power control thing. You guys are psychopaths. These people are fucking sickening psychopaths, my fellow Americans. This is what happens. This is what happens when you fucking get distracted by your medias and your entertainments 
and you pay no attention to what's going on in positions of power in government, not only in at the federal level in Washington, D.C., but even locally. You know, some of you don't even know who your local congressperson or uh, you know rep, local representative is. Your state congressmen or women, or your local representative, whatever, or your district, you know, whoever. Half of you probably don't even know who the mayor of the fucking town or city you live in is. <laughs> it's just gross. No wonder it's gotten so bad. No wonder these sick, disgusting, pedophile, uh, greedy, rich, piece of shit human beings, possibly satanic, Satan worshippers, slowly got into positions of power over time. Secret societies. Trying to stay away from the law of the land, right? Let's go underground. Let's pull the strings from behind the scenes. So that we don't have to be subject to that whole rule of law thing. You know what I'm saying, people? Like, if you've ever listened to a word I've said, you gotta understand. You got at, at some point, people, you gotta let the thoughts circulate in your brain for five seconds. Just consider, please, I'm begging. I'm begging you people. Just Consider the idea that the authority figures at your local level, at your state level, and at the federal level just might possibly be a group of fucking disgusting piece of shit human beings. Okay? Just because you have the word mayor or judge or attorney or MD, or congressperson, representative, president, attorney general, depart, uh, you know, secretary of whatever. Just because you have the title in front of your name doesn't mean that you have a decent moral conscience in your soul. Chances are, people... That's all I'm trying to say. Chances are some of these rich, powerful people are pieces of shit. Okay? That's it. That's my. That's the biggest argument I'm going to make on the show today. <laughs> that's my only argument. Just consider that some of the people that are in charge of all this shit are terrible human beings. Okay? Just consider it. You know, maybe... Maybe I shouldn't get a fucking heart on every time I see these people in real life. I get starstruck like I'm seeing a celebrity. Oh, God, look, it's President Obama. Oh, come here. Let me kneel at your feet. Oh, glorious President one. Oh, President Joe uh, Biden. Oh, God. You know, you people just like, you fall to your knees and you grovel like disgusting, pathetic slave peasants. Or like, you know, some devout Christian that just met, you know, God, him or herself. <laughs> it's just gross. The level of pedestal some of you morons put these people up on. These angels. Oh, they're benevolent angels. They're going to organize society for us. I don't have to think or, you know, participate. I don't have to know what's going on. I don't have to know what I'm talking about. No, I can just coast. 
coast through life knowing that, you know, there are people out there that are smart enough and willing and able to take care of all the shit for me. You know what? And I, I'm, I'm appreciative. I appreciate that. I appreciate that there's other people that are thinking for me and making decisions for me and telling me what's good and what's bad and telling me what to think and how to feel and telling me, uh, you know, who's good, who's not good, uh, what shows should be uh, watched and what shows shouldn't be watched. It's great. You know how many masks I should wear? I don't know. I might need one. I might need two. I don't know. I have to listen. I have to wait and uh, listen to what Fauci says. Oh, Lord Fauci uh, has all the answers for me. I don't have to, like, think about this shit. Why would I ever do that? Why would I dive in and, like, you know, think? Who thinks? I don't even read books. Why? I don't even know why people read books. Yeah. So, and scene, that's the end of my dramatization. The sad, sad state of affairs we find ourselves in. My fellow Americans, the person I just uh, tried to impersonate, if I had to guess, probably consists consists of over 75% of the 360, 370 million people that live in this country. I remember when I was in college, somebody once told me that when you earn a bachelor's degree, and this is probably like, you know, 2000, 2000, maybe 2005, in that era. Maybe it was a little bit later than that. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that someone tried to tell me back in the day, and I don't know if there's any stats or truth to this, but that when you earn a bachelor's degree, you join the 25% most educated people in the country. And... When you get a master's degree, when you earn a master's degree, now you jump to the top 9% most educated people in the country. And when I think about that, it immediately makes me think of George Carlin when he said, just think of how stupid the average person is and then consider the fact that almost all of the other half of them are as stupid as that or something like that. <laughs> or no, or even stupider. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to act like, you know, oh, I'm so smart. I'm a fucking genius, right? I know everything and blah, blah, blah. I'm just as much idiot as everybody else. I am fly by the seat of my pants, wear my heart on my sleeve, probably say a little bit more than I probably need to all the time. I'm a passionate person. I've got two speeds, stop and go. Like, it's just who I am. I don't know if that's because of the military or if it's because of having all my wildest dreams come true in San Diego, California for 17 years. I don't know. Could be a lot of things. Maybe it's just in my DNA. But whatever. Anyway, I find it quite interesting that even out of those 9% most educated people in the country, half of them are a bunch of fucking morons. I mean, no disrespect, but I know people with master's degrees that are quite stupid. And, you know, it goes back to what I always say about, you know, we're all idiot savants, right? Some of us are just brilliant in one area or another. Maybe we're lucky and we're brilliant in multiple areas. But then there are areas where we are dimwits, imbeciles, 
not very advanced, super novice, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, that's just part of accepting who we are, right? It's part of being a human being. Turns out you're a fallible creature that makes mistakes. You're not perfect, right? Anyway, um, listen to this shit. This is a... This is that clip. Cover it because we were distracted by another extremist that was doing bad things in the name of hate. Yeah, and then now another one, and you have all of them in a row. And, you know, we talked, we messaged about this a little bit this weekend. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity, but we keep thinking that the biggest terror threat is something else. Some, some, some people who are marching, you know, towards the border like it's imminent. And when the last time they did this, a couple hundred people came and they you know most of them did get into the country most of them tired you know got tuckered out before they even made it to the border um so we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men most of them radicalized right up to the right <laughs> and we have to start doing something about them there is no travel ban on them there is no ban on you know the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So wow. what do we do about that? Chris Cuomo's so, face. And, and and first of all, let me just say this: Maurice Stollard is the name, and Vicky Jones, and they had been lost in all of this. Two people who were killed on Wednesday that you talked about. They had been lost about this, and I know that people feel that this story has not gotten enough coverage, and we will honor them tonight in our program. But go on, Chris. Sorry. Good. No, no, no. I'm going to do it in the closing. You're making the right point. You're covering the right story, and I appreciate you for. <laughs> White guy Chris Cuomo, uh, being like, yeah, yeah, you're making the right point, and you're telling the right story, and I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you saying that the problem uh, with uh, terrorism in this country is predominantly white men radicalized to the right. Hmm. What about all the men? Of all races, colors, creeds, sexual orientations, some of those men being white men that are radicalized to the left. Why is it that if we're talking about people that are radicalized being a problem, being terrorists in this country, domestic terrorists, right? You mean that there's nobody radicalized to the left? Is that what you're trying to say, Don Lemon? There's nobody radicalized to the left? Can you imagine if the majority of the mainstream media news in this country were right-leaning or liberty-minded uh, as much as the you know, liberal media, liberal corporate media? That uh, stereotypical term, the liberal media, right? Do you think that there's a reason why CNN's viewership has gone in free fall since Trump left office? I mean, the amount of people that tuned in just to hear you guys destroy Trump was, I mean, unbelievable. And now nobody watches your network. Why? Because it's not news. It's coddling, ideological bullshit. I've been over it many times on this show. 
And these examples just keep popping up in reality. And I'm going to keep pointing them out. So as to further strengthen my always consistent points. And I, like I say, you guys think I'm getting any of this stuff wrong? Open invitation. Come on the show. Teach me. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want, I want to have uncomfortable conversations. I want to try to be better every single day. Anyway, I'm pumped. I think it's hilarious that Cuomo and uh, Lemon got released from CNN. P- apparently they got this new uh, head honcho that uh, realizes uh, and it and has admitted that they don't have real journalists. I'm pretty sure I saw a news article somewhere going that, or that, that it said that the person that took over, I can't remember who it was, if it was a guy or a girl, can't remember, but the person that took over uh, acknowledged and admitted that, yeah, we don't have a lot of real journalists over there. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to want to fix that if you want to stay relevant. <laughs> oh, boy. What a world. What a world we are living in. All right, like I said, we're going to have some more punk rock music on the show today. We're going to party a little bit. We're going to have a good time. This first song I want to play for you guys today is by a band called On Off. And I've been talking to David from the band, and he uh, asked me if he wanted to come on the show uh, and talk about their 2022 release. Uh, They'd love to chat about it and tell us their story. And they're from Northern California. I tried to email him back, and I'm getting uh, mail delivery subsystem, Damon, uh, delivery is incomplete messages. So, David, if you're listening, something happened with our communication, and uh, try to get in touch with me. Try to maybe use a different email address. I don't know what happened, but the reason why I'm bringing it up on the show is because uh, we were having a good chat, and then it just went away. So, anyway... I'm going to play this song because these guys are great and I'd love to have them on the show. Uh, This is On Off. And this song is dedicated to Don Lemon, uh, Chris Cuomo, Brian Stelter, Andrew Cuomo for that matter, and every other news-talking head, powerful big club member, politician, you know, corporate CEO, and the like piece of shit human beings that we call the powers that be, right? This song's called Shame on What the Powers Have Done. I love it because I agree, people. Shame on what the powers have done. Here we go. This is On Off with their song, Shame on What the Powers Have Done. Best way to go, but this ain't ever going to change this 
Everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm gonna play a few clips here now that I'm just kind of gonna jump around on some topics. We're gonna do some current events and uh, just some stuff that I wanted to play for you and touch on. So here we go. If you are an engaged parent, if you're an activist parent, the FBI 
they might well now be labeling you as a domestic terrorist, believe it or not. The FBI is the most powerful law enforcement organization in America and perhaps even in the world. And for many generations, the FBI, it occupied a pretty hallowed place in American society, in our culture. Uh, the FBI agents, the G-men, they were the good guys who were protecting us from the bad guys. And they were lionized in movies and TV shows and books. But the FBI has taken a very different turn, and it is in many ways, in my view, becoming the police department for politics. Somebody who agrees with me is Senator Hawley. Let's hear him talking to DOJ official Lisa Monaco. Here he is. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school or board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, and you are attempting to intimidate them, you are attempting to silence them. So joining me now to discuss is the host of the Michael Savage show, Michael Savage himself, the good doctor. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for being with us. You know, listen, I used to say for a long time in my writing and in my broadcasting that the FBI, the problems were only at the leadership strata, that they were incredibly politicized and corrupted, but that rank and file FBI agents were good people trying to working hard to do good work. I don't believe that anymore, Michael. And here's why I say that. Once this memo came out from the Department of Justice, effectively saying that activist parents should be suspected of domestic terrorism. Not a single person resigned from the FBI. I think that's outrageous. And that tells me that there are no good apples, actually, that the entire organization is corrupt. Am I being too harsh? I don't know the ins and outs of the organization, but we got our hands on the memo. It's shocking when you look at it. It's something out of the ex-Soviet Union. First of all, hi, Steve. Hi, Jen. The First Amendment was written to protect unpopular, even angry speech. I have written about this for years. The First Amendment was not written to protect polite speech. Polite speech does not need First Amendment protection. The geniuses called the Founding Fathers, those old white guys, realized that people get angry during protests and they raise their voices. That's all protected by the uh, First Amendment. The FBI memo says you are now a criminal if you raise your voice at a school board meeting. It's shocking if you look at this. And they're now marshalling all of the forces of the police state to say, don't raise your voice at a school board meeting. We'll call you a domestic terrorist. But it gets even worse because, as usual, if you pry the cover off this boil, what you find is there's money involved underneath it all. Why? You look at this. Attorney General Garland has a daughter married to the co-founder of an education company funded by Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, I'm sure you saw the story. And guess what? Rebecca Garland married to Zan Tanner, the co-founder of Boston-based Panorama Education, and they collect social and emotional data from students in grades K to 12. And so they are making money off this silencing of the people so they can push this racist, critical race theory on to our schools. We've said this before. Children are coming home from school crying, mommy, mommy. Am I a bad person? What did we do wrong? Why are they calling me bad in school? This is damaging children. So let's see, Antifa can burn down buildings. Black Lives Matter can beat people up, loot buildings, not one word. But if a school board has a parent getting up and saying, we're not gonna take this crap, 
Our children need to be protected from these bastards here. Do Sorry, I'm getting emotional because they can't attack our children like this. They're simply telling parents right. don't even show up at a school board meeting. Dissent Michael, is no you know, longer what do you permitted. say to parents right now? I, I, I got to cut in here because we're a little bit short on time, and so I apologize to interrupt you. But, you know, you've got parents in, in Loudoun County, Virginia, just outside of our nation's capital. That has become ground zero for the battle uh, of, between CRT, schools, what their kids are learning. And then you have Terry McAuliffe saying, uh, you know, the parents shouldn't have a right to be saying what their kids are taught. What do you say to parents that are dealing with this? And then the FBI potentially coming after them for saying, hey, we, we object to what our kids are being taught in school. What do we have to say? We're living in a sort of police state. It's turned overnight into some nightmarish situation. My podcast today is called Biden the Conqueror. People say, wait a minute, conquerors invade and conquer nations. No, the word conqueror can mean something else. Conquest. He is conquering all dissent in this nation. Now, the left may say, good, you right-wing SOBs deserve it. What's going to happen when this is used against them, as it will be by the new, newly emerging Stasi, which we are seeing? This is like Eastern Europe, Hungary, Romania. This is what's happening under nice Joe Biden, the smiley face Joe Biden. Our presidents are not gods. They're not false idols. And yet you've got people worshiping him, worshiping his policies. And that's exactly what's happening. People are starstruck by these politicians putting them up on a pedestal, worshiping at the feet of these false gods. I don't understand what it's going to take to reinvigorate the dignity of the average American. Where's your courage? Where's your balls? Where are, where's your awareness? So that was Michael Savage. That was a clip from, uh, I think that was a Newsmax clip, actually. But I loved it. I loved it. And Michael Savage is a conservative commentator. He has a book out called The Savage Nation. And I want to read this little excerpt from his book. Quote, like decaying civilizations of the past... America's fall will come from the decadence within and the security threats from without. Like them, we are, are bombarded by decadence and false causes in the headlines every day. We hear about racial profiling, gay and lesbian rights, racism and feminism, abortion rights, animal rights, and guns and the environment, as if there were no other issues in this country or in the universe for that matter. They have become the sunspots that blind us. It's like the insane beating of a drum that drives out all rational thought. So this is how I think it happens, people. It's it's a big club, and you and I are not in it. And it's just like the movie V for Vendetta. It starts with the mainstream media news talking head. Fill in your head full of bullshit, nonsense, drivel. And that's just the setup. That's the pass. That's the point guard passing to the forward or the center who's about to take the shot. The media sets it up and then the government and the intelligence community and maybe even law enforcement, whoever they need to carry out their dastardly deeds, right? They step in and implement the plan. You can't go to your 
uh, school board meetings and have a, a say in your child's education. We are the government. This is free education that you, your child must go to. Your child is mandated to go to a school of some sort. If you can't afford to send your school, your kid to a private school or an institution like, I don't know, maybe a Waldorf school, or maybe you want to homeschool your kids, whatever you got to do to get them out of free indoctrination center public schools, I recommend you do it. But for some of those that can't do it, they have no choice. Your kid's going to school. And if your kid goes to public school, they might be in trouble. <laughs> you might have to do some educating of your own if you want them to be fully prepared for the real world. So agree or disagree with anything that comes out of the Newsmax uh, cable news network uh, or out of the mouth of Michael Savage, but I thought that he was pretty right on right there. Hit it pretty much right on the head. It's a new Stasi. It's radicalized leftism that Don Lemon fails to acknowledge exists. Takes two to tango, people. Radicalized, fundamentalist thinking. Idiot herd mentality. Tribal following of your benevolent leader like mindless sheep lemmings marching towards the edge of the cliff where you will fall to your inevitable doom, right? You're all marching lockstep, people. Over 75% of the people in this country. It's scary. It's scary. But this is where we have come. This, this is where we have arrived. We've come a long way. And I don't know where we lost our way. Maybe it was in the 50s when they started putting TV in every single person's home that could tell you stories. That could suggest ideas. That could get you to go along with the dominant culture. Assimilate you into the dominant way of thinking. I always say, two of the worst inventions for the human race throughout history have been the time clock and the TV set. Boy, talk about control. <laughs> Slow usurpations over time. Right? So uh, let's continue with this, uh, this theme of is there a radicalized left in this country? And take a listen to this clip from the Epoch Times talking about Patrice Colors and BLM. <laughs> Here we go. When you Google Black Lives Matter, Google doesn't take you to a concept. It takes you to the organization founded by Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, and Patrice Colors. Inside the ideological underpinnings of the Black Lives Matter organizations, they've all understood that the family needs to be dismantled. Today I sit down with Heritage Foundation senior fellow Mike Gonzalez, author of BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. When you separate kids according to affinity groups, that is illegal. That's not allowed by Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kellek. So, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. That's a pretty solid setup. I highly recommend you go watch that show, Epoch Times. Great coverage of BLM. 
and what they are or are not all about. People, if you can't see that all of this is part of a plan, a small group of people are colluding and conspiring to transform the minds of the people. It's like some brave new world. 1984 shit. You got the thought police. You got the new Stasi. Right? We're going to save you from yourself. We're going to give you a bunch of medication. We're going to give you Soma. Oh, was that too uh, difficult to deal with? Here, just take your Soma. Feel no pain. Feel no suffering. Just go to sleep. Enjoy yourself. Feel pleasure. And feel it so much so and so often that you forget to pay attention to reality. Just go back to sleep, America. Your government is in control. And you wonder how they marched their plan right into your living room, right under your noses, as you were lulled to sleep from your TV screen, the Trojan horse. People, what's it going to take? What more do I need to provide? Let's change gears and take a listen to this clip. On that same day that the virus database was taken offline on the 12th of September, the Wuhan Institute of Virology also issued a tender to upgrade its security. What really took place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? The closest coronavirus we've seen in the world to SARS-CoV-2 came from that mine where they were doing the sampling work. In this episode, I sit down with award-winning journalist Sherry Markson, the investigations editor at The Australian and host of the show Sherry on Sky News Australia. Her investigations into the origins of COVID-19 are detailed in her new book and documentary by the same name, What Really Happened in Wuhan. The techniques that have been used in modern laboratories for genetic manipulation, they don't leave a trace. This is the noceum technique that was pioneered by Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina. He was working with Shi Zhengli. And that's where the clip caught off. But I highly recommend you go check out Sherry's work, uh, Epoch Times, covering some great stuff lately. Uh, I highly recommend it. And I, you know, I don't even know what to say anymore. I feel like this stuff is just becoming so goddamn obvious. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to keep doing the show. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. Uh, someone's got to be talking about this stuff. And someone's got to do it. Might as well be me, right? Uh, I'm going to change directions. Like I said, I don't have a linear path today. I just got a lot of stuff I want to go over. And uh, so there you go. Just some just uh, some final thoughts on all that. Uh, there's def definitely radical, uh, radicalized leftism going on in this country. I would make the argument that it is more so, much more so, than radicalized rightism that is going on in this country. And I think that the opposite uh, argument is being portrayed because that's part of these 
Jedi mind tricks that these esoteric societies and big club members like to, you know, flip and present the opposite parallel parallel universe bizarro world portrayal of a topic. Something to think about. I'm going to read some quotes. Let's uh, let's move on. This is by a guy named Frederick M. Alexander. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. I like that because remember when I said, if you don't take control of your own mind, my fellow Americans, somebody else will. And who's that somebody? I don't know. CNN. MSNBC. Fox News, Newsmax, BBC, HLN, Al Jazeera, yada yada, etc., etc. All owned by five companies. Five companies get to tell you all the news and information that you get to hear. Well, 90, maybe 5%. That other 5% is known as alternative media, and I highly recommend recommend that you seek out and discover the alternative media, whether you want to or not. And I like this one along the same line of thinking, what's being done to the minds of the American people, if not the people of the entire world. You know, what is it that makes us gullible and naive? Why do we have so little self-esteem? And why does... why? Is it that the littlest things that uh, bother us, hurt us, and cut us so deeply? Oh, it just hurts so bad. It's so hard to deal with. I need a pill. I need a safe space. I need you to nerf the world for me. Like, people. It's, It's just gross. The level of degradation and the dumbing down and the slow deterioration of your knowledge of history and who you are and where we came from. They're going to take over our minds completely, sooner or later. And it's going to be like, uh, literally, Brave Brave New World. So I've been watching that show, Brave New World, on Peacock. People, go check it out. Yeah, I love it. Because it puts into perspective a lot of the themes that I've been talking about on the show. You know, what if you lived in a world that you were literally segregated by by letter? The A's, are, the alphas are the best, and then the betas are the second best, and then all the way down to the epsilons. The epsilons are like the untouchables, the workers, people that aren't supposed to think. They're servants for the higher castes. Anytime you encounter something that's too difficult, you just pop your soma, take your soma, It's common, people. This is a quote from Nietzsche. Quote, The lonely one offers his hand too quickly to whomever he encounters. I like that quote. That resonates with me because I I mean, I don't feel that I'm a lonely one. I don't feel like I'm a lonely person. But I am the type of person that offers his hand just a little too quickly. I, uh... I like to expect the best from people. 
to my own fault. I hold myself and others to pretty high standards. And I am disappointed quite often. And that disappointment sometimes hurts. It sucks. I have feelings just like everybody else, right? But I am capable of managing those feelings. And then using logic and rational thought to formulate a solution to whatever the problem is that I am encountering and working through. And I highly recommend all of you figure out how to do the same so that you don't fall victim to the mental, you know, hijacking that is going on here in the 21st century. This is pretty funny. This is from a guy named David Sutcliffe. His handle on Twitter is at SutcliffeDavid. Remember when everyone knew pro wrestling was fake and they finally admitted it and the fans didn't care and continued to watch anyway? (laughs) We're almost there with politics and the media. (laughs) Ah, Love it. That pretty much nails it right on the head. Uh, I like this clip from the Babylon Bee. This is a a jab at uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, uh, or at the media coverage of, you know, crossing state lines. Media warns thousands of Americans planning to cross state lines to celebrate Thanksgiving this year. (laughs) That came out right before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Uh, Here's one from Dave Smith. I go out of my way to try to reach right-wingers, but I can't stand when they confidently shit on libertarians. You fuckers don't even know what a price is. Oh man, where's all this inflation coming from? It must be that Biden's not as great as Trump. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I hate it. I hate that the right-wing gets, uh, you know, libertarians get lumped in to the right wing because you know there are commonalities in some of the principled thinking but you know that's all theory the action part is the problem that libertarians have with the right wing is that you you right wingers claim to be of principles and claim to defend the constitution and claim to be in support of freedom and the founding principles of this country Yet, you fucking rhino out. Republican in name only. That's where the term rhino comes from. You just call yourself a Republican. What you really are is a corporate stooge, statist. You might as well be a left-winger. Somebody that believes in big government and somebody that believes in, I'm just going to go follow the money and I'm going to remain part of the establishment and... I'm going to use lofty libertarian rhetoric to get what I want. And once I get into office and get elected, then I'm just going to, you know, keep the status quo going. Keep this, you know, two-party dichotomy, establishment, one establishment party, facade. You know, chugging down the track, continuing to mislead and misdirect and hoodwink the American people. This is from Epictetus. 
Freedom is not obtained by getting what you desire, but by controlling your desires. you got to find a way to discipline yourself, people. You're not going to become anything in this world unless you are able to go through pain willingly, unless you're able to sacrifice short-term uh, excitement and fun in order to achieve long-term goals. Just, you know, I should take my own advice. I'm, I, we all have these exact same problems. Staying the course, staying disciplined with anything is difficult. Nothing worth having is easy or comes easy or is handed to you. You're going to have to give some blood, sweat, and tears, people. Here's Aldous Huxley, quote, The secret of genius is to carry the spirit of the child into old age, which means never losing your enthusiasm, unquote. Here's some Chomsky, quote, The smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow very lively debate within that spectrum, unquote. In my opinion, he's talking specifically about the, the mainstream media. Dissenting opinions that fit outside of the range of topics thought uh, fit for discussion are often classed as being, quote, crazy, unquote, and totally out of touch with reality. Within mainstream discourse, the same ideas are constantly regurgitated and presented in a new way, which gives the appearance of something fresh. As a result, change is very slow to occur, and people are left discussing the same old nonsense. And that's what the media's job is, people, to make you feel good, to coddle your ideological bullshit, and to create a you versus them. Divide and conquer. It's a tale as old as time immemorial. Thomas Sowell, quote, the reason so many people misunderstand so many issues is not that these issues are so complex, but that people do not want a factual or analytical explanation that leaves them emotionally unsatisfied. They want villains to hate and heroes to cheer. And they don't want explanations that fail to give them that. Unquote. People, we better write that one down. I'm, I got a lot of Thomas Sowell coming soon here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast, by the way. I thought about doing an entire episode of Thomas Sowell quotes. One of the most intelligent African-American men of the 20th century and the 21st century. The fact that we don't celebrate Thomas Sowell more in this society speaks directly to how gross and disgusting and going in the wrong direction that this country is. 
Socrates, quote, The secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. That's great advice. How much do you really need, my fellow Americans? Here we go, Thomas Jefferson. Quote, I'm a great believer in luck. And the harder I work, the more of it I seem to have. <laughs> Here's uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Quote, In a world deluged by irrelevant information, clarity is power. Unquote. Something to think about, people. Uh, here's an awesome piece that I just love. This is from the late and great Anthony Bourdain. I understand there's a guy inside me who wants to lay in bed, smoke weed all day, and watch cartoons and old movies. And my whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit. That guy. Oof. Man. I love it. And this is a little excerpt from uh, his Kitchen Confidential. Do you really want to travel in hermetically sealed Pope-mobiles through the rural provinces of France, Mexico, and the Far East, eating only in hard rock cafes and McDonald's? Or do we want to eat without fear, Tearing into the local stew, the humble taqueria's mystery meat, the sincerely offered gift of a lightly grilled fish head. I know what I want. I want it all. I want to try everything once. And when I die, I will decidedly not be regretting missed opportunities for a good time. My regrets will be more along the lines of a sad list of people hurt, people let down, assets wasted, and advantages squandered. Boy. Rest in peace, Tony Bourdain. Wow. Here's Terrence McKenna, quote, I think ideology is toxic. All ideology. It's not that there are good ones and bad ones. All ideology is toxic because ideology is a kind of insult to the gift of human free thinking, unquote. Here's a little uh, fun piece of history. This goes back to uh, the episode where I was talking about the history of slavery in this country and how... Uh, and how there were white people that really weren't fans of the whole institution of slavery. Did you know this? A gentleman by the name of William Whipple, one of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, freed his slave after signing it because he believed one cannot simultaneously fight for freedom and hold another person in bondage. He worked as both a ship's captain and a merchant, and he studied in college to become a judge. He died of heart complications in 1785 at the age of 55. So there's a little proof. And I love the principle 
They're principled people that founded this nation, like it or not. There were white people that could not, in good conscience, own slaves if they were in that same breath claiming to fight for freedom and justice for all in this new land known as America. That's the history that you should all be learning in your public schools. Bet you're not, though. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, this is uh, a quote from Matt Kibbe, libertarian thinker. The problem with granting governments, quote, temporary emergency powers, unquote, is that they never give them up. Now, here we are 22 months into endless, breathtaking violations of our lives, livelihoods, and civil liberties. Reasonable people now see this tragic reality. We should demand our power back. Sooner or later, you're going to have to resist people. And then, this is awesome. This is from History on the Net. How did Hitler come to power? Hitler's final grab for power was when he negotiated with the Reichstag members to give him temporary emergency powers for four years, enabling him to act without the consent of Parliament or the German Constitution. While negotiations were taking place, his large military force was surrounding Parliament with the threat of war should they refuse. They didn't have much of a choice. Dinesh D'Souza, since there are now a wide range of legitimate subjects that cannot be candidly discussed in the public sphere, we cannot any longer claim we live in a free country. I wouldn't say we're living under a tyrannical regime either, but we're definitely headed in that direction. Here's one from Eric Fromm, author of the book The Sane Society that I've talked to you guys about in a previous podcast. Here we go. Quote, A person who has remained a person and not become a thing cannot help feeling lonely, powerless, isolated, or isolated in present day society. He cannot help doubting himself and his own convictions, if not his sanity. He cannot help suffering, even though he can experience moments of joy and clarity that are absent in the life of his normal contemporaries. Not rarely will he suffer from neurosis that results from the situation of a sane man living in an insane society, rather than that of the more conventional neurosis of a sick man trying to adapt himself to a sick Society. This is from Peter David. Truth usually makes no sense. If your desire is for everything to make perfect sense, then you should take refuge in fiction. In fiction, all threads tie together in a neat bow, and everything moves smoothly from one point to the next to the next. 
In real life, though, nothing makes sense. Bad things happen to good people. The pious die young, while the wicked live until old age. War, famine, pestilence, death, all occur randomly and senselessly, and leave us more often than not scratching our heads and hurling the question, why, into a void that provides no answers. People, you're going to have to do it yourself. This is from Marcus Aurelius, from his Meditations. Principles can't die. They can only be forgotten. I resolve to remember my principles, to dwell up on them, and to fan my thoughts into a fire that will not be blown out by the winds of circumstance. People, it is a crazy, crazy world we are living in. Uh, check this out. This is, uh, I think Dan Bongino posted this, and this is the uh, CNN has suspended Chris Cuomo indefinitely statement. The New York Attorney General's office released transcripts and exhibits Monday that shed new light on Chris Cuomo's involvement in his brother's defense. The documents, which we were not privy to before their public release, raised very serious questions. When Chris admitted to us that he had offered advice to his brother's staff, he broke our rules, and we acknowledged that publicly. But we also appreciated the unique position he was in and understood his need to put family first and job second. However, these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. So, scapegoat. As a result, we have suspended Chris indefinitely pending further evaluation. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> Poetic justice, people. Uh, here's one by Dostoevsky I really like. Pain and suffering are always inevitable for a large intelligence and a deep heart. I love it. Here's another Thomas Sowell quote. What is history but the story of how politicians have squandered the blood and treasure of the human race. <laughs> Ugh, that one makes me mad. Here's a guy named Daniel Alexander. His handle on Twitter is at Alec underscore Zek. I'm honestly asking anyone who's willing to answer this question. What's the ethical, scientific, and logic justification to force the entire world to receive a product made by habitually criminal companies who aren't even liable for injury or death when the product doesn't even stop the transmission. Oh, okay, enough quotes. Let's move on. Um, 
So recently, Dan Bongino, speaking of Dan Bongino, uh, he had his Bongino brief from November 20th uh, that I just took a listen to the other day. And I want to play for you a little bit of this because I feel like this guy knocked it out of the park with this. So here we go. So, you know, all week we've been covering this because it's important and it explains the bridge in this country between this new, growing, festering, anti-liberty movement on the left and the pro-liberty, patriotic movement on the right. And we keep saying to each other, well, why don't we understand each other? Well, we don't understand each other because us on the right, the liberty lovers, understand the real world to a greater degree than the left does. I'm sorry, folks, but that's just a fact. The numbers back it up. Earlier in the week, I'm not going to repeat them, but we discussed how um, the left is, uh, the day, just ask them. A lot of people on the left probably think the Rittenhouse victims, uh, the, the people who are the victims of the shooting, and Rittenhouse Wells, a victim of an attack, there are multiple victims in this, right? Um, how these, these folks, most people think they were black. The shooting, the people who were shot, they were not, in fact, black. Everyone was white. We talked about the coronavirus death and hospitalization rate, how liberals consistently get that wrong. They think it's ridiculously high when it's not. We talked about police shootings, how uh, roughly half of liberals think that a thousand or more unarmed black men are shot a year, are shot per year by cops. It's not even close. The number's not even 100. Um, now, the Trump tax cuts, most middle-class Democrats, when you ask them if they got a tax cut during the Trump tax cuts, despite that being factually accurate, will tell you no. Here's another one I saw. You said this, right, Key? Key found this one, too. How, again, why do we, why do we have a divide in this country? Because of the media. Liberals believe what the media tells them, and conservatives largely don't. Here's a Washington Times story. It's great, by Valerie Richardson. Democrats more likely than Republicans to believe false claims on climate change. Survey. Gee, why is that? Well, why is it? It's because these, these silly, you know, liberal dopes, they believe what the liberal lib media tells them. Whereas conservatives are more likely to question everything the media says because there's a good chance they're lying. Here, another poll. The results found 42% of Democrats, and only 35%, by the way, of Republicans, agreed that, quote, more people are dying of natural disasters, even though such deaths have declined by more than 90% worldwide over the last century. U.S. deaths from natural disasters fell from 413 to 320 from 2019 to 2020. According to the International Disaster Database, oh, another boy. poll showing you again that liberals just don't know anything. Oh, boy. There are always more liberals on any issue of significance, global warming or whatever it is, that know less than conservatives. They just don't know a lot. Here's another one. This is stunning from the Washington Times piece. 71% of Democrats and 30% of Republicans agreed that, quote, Climate change is increasing the cost of natural disasters as a percent of gross domestic product, GDP. In reality, the share of GDP spent on natural disasters has either declined or remained flat when normalized, meaning when scientists take into account increased wealth in harm's way. Think of the higher cost of a hurricane in Miami Beach today than in 1921 when there were so few buildings on it. Folks, the cost to GDP of these incidents is going down. And when you factor in the population exploding and more people living off the water, it's stunning that the cost hasn't exploded. In other words, they are completely wrong. 71% of Democrats don't understand that they're not getting more expensive when you normalize the data. 71, 7 out of 10 Democrats can't figure that out. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself to be a right-wing person. But, man, 
you know, I, I mean, it, it sucks that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I have as much faith in the right as Dan Bongino seems to have in the right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, facts and evidence don't lie, I guess. I don't know where he gets his stats from, but but anyway, I found that to be a very interesting piece from uh, Dan Bongino. Um, yeah, so what do you think, guys? Is it time for some punk rock? people it is time once again for some more punk rock here on the politics and punk rock podcast and i'm gonna play a couple songs by a band called zero cost and i've been speaking with john from the band zero cost they got a couple tracks up on spotify and i checked them out and boy i dig these songs if these guys uh continue to keep it going i hope they do uh, I think they're just starting out. I could be wrong about that because they only have a couple songs posted up on Spotify. I don't know if there's an EP or a full length out there uh, at this moment, but I'm looking forward to it when it does come because I listened to these songs a couple times and I liked it more and more each time I listened to it. And I think this band is awesome and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the future. So here we go. Here's the first song by Zero Cost, entitled Armchair Apathist.
night, my fellow Americans and politics and punk rock podcast fans and listeners. That was the band Zero Cost with their song Armchair Apathist. And I'm going to play you the other song that these guys have up on Spotify. Uh, this is their new release. And this one's pretty badass too. Here we go. Here's Zero Cost with their new song, Moving Up. Now's your time to advance, a haunting circumstance. Can't say I'm not afraid, but you will find your way. There's much for you to learn. To the sun, you will succeed. I know I'll probably watch you grow. Son, I have been there too. This ride is nothing new. Leave your mics at your ground, don't let them hold you down. The years will pass so fast, make friendships that will last. Then set the world ablaze, make these your glory days. That was the song Moving Up by the band Zero Cost. And John, uh, I've been speaking to John from the band. And John, if you're listening, can't wait to hear what you guys do in the future. I like your tracks. Send me some more stuff whenever you get it. Whenever you got it done, you're ready to put it out there. And once again, punk rockers, if you want some exposure... If you're an up-and-coming punk band or if you're an established punk band and you're trying to get some more exposure, maybe you want to get some uh, interest in uh, maybe someone picking you up to go on tour with them, etc., hit me up, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Send me your tracks, send me a bio, send me some lyrics. I will read them on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 72 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, entitled No 
particular place to go. And I guess Don Lemon and uh, Chris Cuomo don't have any particular place to go right now, do they? <laughs> uh, and you know, I've been, you know, I really like reading quotes from very intelligent people on the show. Um, I like to kind of theme them up a little bit and, and orchestrate them in uh, a chronological way so as to implant ideas in your mind, suggest ideas. And, you know, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. If you want to achieve success in this world, if you want to achieve your goals, if you want to win whatever this war is that, you know, the state versus you uh, that's coming, you're going to need to give some blood, sweat, and tears. And I want to play this very short clip. This is a guy uh, named T.D. Jakes. And uh, I think he's a pastor, preacher, uh, African-American man. Very motivating dude. And I just kind of want to end the show with this thought today. If you're the type of guy like Tony Bourdain, uh, you know, every day of my life I have to figure out a strategy to defeat the guy that's just lazy, bored, apathetic, sitting on his couch, smoking weed all day, watching movies and cartoons. You want to you wanna beat that guy? You want to defeat that guy? You want to defeat yourself? It's going to take some hard work and discipline. If you want to learn, grow, and achieve, if you want to smarten up and get smart and understand how this world works and understand how the powers that be operate, how they continue to perpetuate the status quo, keep it in place. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take determination. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take balls. It's going to take a backbone. It's going to take honor, courage, commitment. You're going to have to find your dignity. You're going to have to believe in yourself. You're going to have to look hard in the mirror. Take a hard look at yourself. Self-reflect. Surgically dissect the problems within you so that you can become a better person, a better partner, a better citizen. We should all strive to be better tomorrow than we were today. Take a listen to Mr. T.D. Jakes. I have never met anybody who became incredibly successful in any area of their life until they have suffered and sweated and sacrificed and kept their focus and fought through tears and trials and tests. And if you have a dream and you commit to it, it will come to pass. People, if you have a dream and you commit to it, it will come to pass. Thank you for listening. I love you all very much. If you like the podcast, please, pretty please, with sugar on top, share the podcast. Visit the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. If you would, go buy a t-shirt or donate to the show. I'd really appreciate it. 
I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Thank you. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 72 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, entitled No Particular Place to Go. We'll see you next time.